welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am your host, Lauren. And I'm Jai. Hi. What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to talk about Fight Club from 1999, directed by David Fincher. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited. We're going to like cut to the chase here because this is one of my favorite films. It's, I don't know, there's probably a billion podcasts about this. So yeah, you're going to hear our take on it. <laughs> Yeah, I I so, uh, I am very. Are you excited? I'm so excited as well. It kind of like, it just feels like it's a big deal to talk about this film. You know. I know. I'm really. I was really stressed <laughs> out about it because I said I want to make this not as long. We're getting a little long, so I don't want to make people bored. But I was like, this film is like, you know, I feel like you could talk about it for so long. Like, where do we start? I know. Where Where do we start? I guess. But when did you first see it? What What's your like overall history with it? Um, yes, I watched it right, like, as soon as it came out in DVD, I watched it. So, cool. you think that was mo- maybe 2000? Yeah, I think so. Because it was out in the cinema, uh, like, in 99. So, it must have been ar- around 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I... It's It's kind of tricky because I feel that watching it with male friends like would have been different than like watching it with girlfriends you know oh I have watched it with male friends you did I've watched it I've literally watched this film like I mean I'm not even gonna lie it's over 50 times like I I could I can close my eyes and like know exactly what's going on I've seen it so many times like it's one of those films for me that it, it's still just as good as when I saw it the first time. Yeah. Like I never, ever get tired of it. it, it yeah, yeah, I have watched it, like, in a, not all male, obviously, but, like, <laughs> in, like a, like, a college where there are, like, guys there. Like, guys and girls, but, like, guys that, like, somewhat relate to this. But not guys who are the age of the men in the story. Like, yeah. I've never watched it with a bunch of guys when I was, like, in my third, like, early 30s like when I was 30 I don't think I ever watched it so I don't know like they were all younger than those guys were so you know obviously they're like yeah this is fucking cool but they're not like adults with jobs and condos and like you know what I mean like they don't have that pressure to relate to yeah of course yeah I guess but yeah interesting I mean I think I actually never thought about it until I rewatched it yet last night and like, well, when I knew I was watching it actually, like last week, I, I thought um, it, it would have been different if I watched it with male friends, I guess. But I watched it with my girlfriends from school, and I've seen it like about eight times, probably. Oh, okay, that's like, that's good though. And I I do love I love the film. Like, there's so many aspects of it that I, I mean. Yeah, it's definitely like up there with like my top favorite films, you know, of all time. Yeah, um, it's in my top ten. But I was I don't know that it would quite make it in top five, but yeah, it would make yeah, it in top exactly. 10. Yeah, same, same. I I thought I was kind of worried, thinking like I haven't seen it in like at least five years, so I thought one day what my reaction to it is going to be now because also like we're doing a podcast on it. You know, you're looking, you're just kind of scrutinizing the the movie mm-hmm. almost. It's yeah. very different. Um. But, yeah, it was so fun, and I enjoyed it, like, a lot, actually. Like, it was quite late last night when I watched it, but I felt Yeah, I that, watched it last night, too. It's good to watch it at night. Yeah, we both texted each other, like, we, we're uh-huh. about to watch it, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel that 
there is so much happening right from the very beginning and you're it's just it's very fast and you're like really into it and you can't you kind of don't want to miss any detail because everything is just happening you know like mm-hmm. um and it's actually quite interesting like you have you have so many clues from the beginning but you don't see them it's crazy like you don't see all the stuff yeah the happens. first yeah the first go through i don't think i was yeah i wasn't thinking like that no you know, like, no I, it's, some people are like yeah it was obvious i was like it wasn't i mean it it I was mean, obvious maybe but i don't think that you thought it was that kind of film going yeah. in you yeah. know yeah no i know but it i mean now that you're obviously watching and you're now you're going to talk about it you're like okay yeah there were so many signs it's kind of crazy you didn't really see it but um i also love that it's just funny it's honestly it's so funny it's not it it could never be a comedy obviously i don't think i'm not sure whether people describe it as a comedy but it it has so many funny moments i like it'd be a dark comedy it's definitely a dark comedy maybe i guess i don't know um but it, it feels that it's just full of really smart lines as well. Like the whole movie is just like, it's just got this like really iconic lines that is just like so smart. Um, but I was thinking like, yeah, it definitely seems like a, a total reflection of our time, like when it came out. Totally. You know? Yeah, um, totally. And I, I felt that, well, it's not really that I love this about the movie, but I feel like... Um, Edward Norton or the narrators uh, struggle with insomnia to me it's just very spot on like I felt like it's not that I enjoy watching that because it's obviously quite painful but I felt like I could so relate to that like it's just genuinely like you you feel like you're going mad you know yeah I, I knew someone I I have not had it myself but I I knew someone who had in, intense insomnia and he had to get like light treatments oh. at the hospital to like actually help his brain like shut off oh because it wow. was like really bad like yeah it was getting really bad and he wasn't on drugs or anything his parents like thought he was on some kind of drugs but he wasn't he just really honestly couldn't sleep or would have like micro sleeps which will like really fuck up your brain yeah apparently. that's that's what i have that, <laughs> yeah it's not that i did like i will stay up for like 70 hours but it would be like on and off like close your eyes and you think you're oh you're trying to sleep but you can't or maybe like you only you're sleep not for in like that deep half sleep. an hour and then you're up and then you maybe sleep another half an hour. But it, it is like without exaggeration, like uh, when I was at my worst, like I genuinely feel, I felt like jumping out of the window because it felt like that, like you're out of, I don't know, out of like you just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah, because you're so, I feel like you're so... I've had I've had times where my body has been insanely tired, but my mind is awake. Yeah, super wired. And it's yeah. like it's like such a painful feeling when it you is. like want to go to sleep, but you like your mind just won't turn off. Yeah. Or the opposite, or like even the opposite, where like your mind is just like totally done, but your like body is just super charged. Uh, like yeah, they're both just so such horrible feelings. I can't imagine insomnia. Yeah, it's pretty. I have to say, for me, it's the worst torture, like so, like form of torture because yeah. you you can't really function, and you are there. There's so many lines, and like 
times where he describes, you know, it's like you're not really there. You're not really asleep, but you're not yeah. really awake. And, like, I really struggled with insomnia for, like, good 10 years, like, solid 10 wow. years, you know. And I feel like you think, oh, there's so many things that you can try, but actually... Like pills, and yeah, a lot of people take Yeah, there are, but, like, I feel like you you get into this sort of place where you're, like, actually, like, you feel kind of hopeless, like, kind of... It's weird. I can't really... You, you still try to get on with your life. So that, that's not really an option to just like quit your job or yeah, whatever, yeah, you know. Exactly. But you just figure a way of like getting on with things. But but yeah, like uh, I think watching him go through that was like, oh, that was totally like me, you know. Um, and I, I totally like sympathize with him and, you know, like you can totally go crazy. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, obviously that is just something I could relate. The only thing probably I could relate about the film because uh, I'm not a dude fighting. So yeah, see. me either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I wonder what kind of if I was a guy. I wonder what kind of guy I would be. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder, like, would I be a part of this kind of situation or would I not? You know, I don't know. Like mm. an underground fight thing that just kind of pops up out of nowhere through like some kind oh, of I, unchecked I male aggression. No, I mean, I feel like I know you like, uh, I, f- I mean, I wouldn't say I know you really well, but like you're, you're, you're quite feisty. Like if someone pisses you off, you would totally be like, no, you know? Yeah. But I think I can't imagine you being the type who like would join a Fight no. club. I, I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't as a woman I don't think I would as a man for no reason like I feel like if I was if I was defending myself then like fighting okay but I wouldn't I think just because like I want to get out of aggression like go join a boxing gym yeah exactly like, I'm totally. like okay is it is it just like the fact that it's underground and like very like consensual and like really homoerotic and just weird is that like why they're like all kind of drawn to this like possibly i have no idea hmm. um it's just strange it just it seems very strange that i uh, like i love it like obviously we'll get into it but i love it like when they do the rules i'm like these are all great rules and then like number seven's like no shirt no shoes i was like this is also another great rule oh my god i know <laughs> i was like uh they're like to like thank you thank you tyler durden for uh Having you shirtless yeah, throughout thank this entire you because, fucking movie. Um, you're, yeah, you, you know, you're seeing our dreams thanks to this movie. I, guess. I know. I, I think uh, I sent in the group text the other day, I sent <laughs> Jules and Jai this uh, like Brad Pitt interview from like a few months ago. And he was talking about like, just like what like, like childhood and like all that kind of stuff. And I think uh, Jules is watching it on her, on her TV. And I think her boyfriend like saw it and was just like, what the fuck? Like, why do you have to play that shit? And she's like, why? What are you talking about? I'm just watching this you know, like this interview and he's like, he just like totally ruined it for the rest of us. He just like, it's just not uh, fair. <laughs> wait, he, he hasn't seen it? No, he has, but he's just saying like, you're drooling over Brad Pitt who's like 56 and like, oh. I am even like third of his age. Oh, well, come and on. still he's like better. I thought it was really funny. I was like, oh my God. I mean, so everyone loves Brad Pitt, right? I know. It's everyone. like guys love him too. Of course. I mean, guys. The guy's Angelina. Him. I think mm-hmm. he's the guy's version of Angelina, like that they would honestly be like, we would totally be down for Brad Pitt. Like, I think he'd be the hall pass that all guys would be like, okay with. Yeah, totally. I don't know. Like, he's just so super cool. But that's but, funny. 
But yeah, so like obviously, I, I feel like I'm gonna try to make it really short because I don't wanna be just like talking, talking, talking. But because it, you, these are like overall thoughts, but there, there's so much. It's literally there's a lot that part which is um the 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 film just explores so many different themes and like I the the fighting part. Like I mean, I just learned this week that the movie inspired Fight Clubs around the U.S. Like. I yeah. was genuinely shocked. Like, There's one in my high school. I don't understand that. Like, I really just can't wrap my head around that concept of why. Because, like, there's so many things about this film, and somehow that's what men took. Like, let's, because I doubt it was anything about, like, start a revolution and, like. No, yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't like fight, but let's also have, like, these weird kind of, like, Mr. Robot type shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything like that although that's kind of like a pretty interesting uh combination nowadays that like mr robot is definitely like a more evolved technological version of fight club uh, absolutely um, yeah he is he yeah because it's like very much like I, it, and one of my one of my uh i mean like technology or like most 90s notes was like to think that back then in order to erase the debt of credit cards you have to blow up the building because everything's paper now it'd just be hacking yeah like you wouldn't be physically blowing anything up you i know? mean for sure that the writers of mr robert must have been inspired by this film for oh, sure it like, has to be it ha- yeah i mean i wish there was an interview out there or anyone there might talking be. about this but yes i i feel that you know the thing that i talk about the film that was clearly fighting is a way to feel to reconnect with oneself, right? To bring mm-hmm. you back to basics, to realize the system is the trap. The more you work, the more you earn to buy things that you don't need, as Tyler says it. So, like, it's kind of like, you know, rebelling against the, the system and like, consumerism and start a revolution, mm-hmm. start from zero, all of that. So the fact that they men just thought, oh, yeah, let's just fight because it's cool. I mean, I don't actually know that the... the um, like you know the thought behind it but that's clearly what happened in the u.s uh maybe in other parts i don't know yeah i don't know well i i was gonna say too it's also not that i don't know much about this because i'm obviously not a man but (laughs) we'll get we'll get past that i'm not a man so i don't know about this but i think that from what i'm seeing in like films that you'll be able to like Uh, debunk this theory is that I feel like in other countries specifically well I'll just talk about England from what I've seen on on TV and like movies and depictions that it seems like fighting is not like here it's like fighting is almost like a legal thing it's like it can be viewed as assault but I feel like Mm. like you you always see in like the UK I always see like bar fights and like people just kind of fight and it's not a big deal like it's more just like oh yeah, like this guy said some shit and I like clocked him in the face and like whatever, we got into a bar fight and then like that, it's kind of like a whatever thing. Like, cause here people have guns. Like there's a whole lot of like other things here. Like yeah, there course. are bar fights here, but I feel like it's not as like kind of common, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, is that true? Or is that just like the movies makes it look like there are more bar fights in the UK or are there more bar fights? Um, I, I, I can tell you that like I've seen one like fight in a bar the entire okay, time. Okay, so like, it's not a regular thing. I, I think what happens, yeah, it is like for some reason you're right, showed like shown in movies or like shows, but um I think it comes more from like people drink a lot. Mm-hmm. People get, you know, like some people react strangely to alcohol. So like but 
then someone might say something. But for the most part, it's not. I, I think it's in certain parts. This is not. I, I really don't want to say like a so certain neighborhood or a certain like area or probably yeah. the, some areas in the in London. Yes, people are you know like a bit. You know, they can react like, badly to yeah. to a comment like, I don't know, whatever, in a bar. But also in other parts of the UK. But it's definitely more like in, Scot- like in Scotland, like it happens more. Yeah, like, like in train like spotting, for instance. They're like, okay, there's another depiction of like in train spotting. It's just like Begbie is out of control and just like fucking shit face, starting bar fights. It just makes it seem very much like, and they're like, oh, here he goes again. Like he's yeah, fighting. I mean, I only you know, lived... Like, yeah, I lived in Kent. I never saw a fight. I saw people being completely wasted and being crazy, but not to a point where, you know, it would get that far. And also, the one thing that happens in London, and that is definitely like intense fighting. That's like yeah, football matches. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. if your team people are not gonna like you if they support the opposite team. So once like everyone is drunk uh, and then after the game there's definitely going to be a, some kind of fight in like you know like hooligans I yeah mean, yeah uh-huh. they are insane people That's you know true, they, yeah, it's, it's really intense but I, I don't think you can really say as a rule like english are more aggressive or oh yeah more no fight. i didn't mean more yeah no, more no, no. i just meant yeah. like i just kind of wanted to try to portray like a picture of you know but I mean, it totally makes sense, right? You say it's yeah, I think in films they kind of make it seem like it's like a bar fight kind of thing. I feel like here because they were fighting in the street, like mm. and the, that and those guys were kind of like gathered around. Like I guess guys just naturally like would watch a fight. Like boxing is obviously a big sport. Oh yeah. Um, that MMA thing, that UFC thing, like you know, like fighting amongst men, I think is and like wrestling and all that, like is a big, you know, thing. Like they like they just. Guys, I think like to fight. Some of them, not obviously, not all, but or like to watch it. So yeah, even if they fight, but they're watching these other people fight, so they like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I mean, I think it'd be it's definitely interesting. I, I felt like how how come I, I, I never knew this, you know? And this movie is like twenty years old. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was genuinely shocked, and it was you who told me. You know, I was yeah. Like, it was like a it was like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I find that really interesting, and so like rewatching it, I, like, like I was trying to understand, and let's try to see things from a different point of view, you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, I I know younger guys, a few young like young guys that I know, they, funny enough, they actually do boxing, just not professionally, but just as a form of training, just like workout, and yeah, they love this movie but they kind of see us like oh i want to be like him like cool and like ripped and that kind of thing and you see as like someone to look up to you know but not i don't really think it's on a deep level as in like that what we're talking about right the the issues that why this whole thing started and like how yeah yeah it's more about just the, the fact that it's a bunch of guys fighting and like someone's gonna win and like they're topless and it's very kind of like alpha male so yeah oh totally alpha yeah i guess that's appealing to to certain people i don't know (laughs) yeah i guess so but but yeah i mean but on that note i'm just gonna say like the all besides the fighting and everything i genuinely really love 
Tyler and Marla's like relationship. Tyler, uh, narrator Tyler or Tyler Brad Pitt Tyler? Um, the narrator, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. yeah, it's, it's hard, I guess, to separate. But no, it is true, it's a narrator because it, I feel like it's almost like kind of kindergarten love, you know, yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. you like someone, but you don't want to recognize that you're attracted to that person for whatever reason. So you decide to hate her. I mean, he does have a reason because she's kind of invading, right? Like, she's, he, yeah, she's like totally invading her. But I really enjoy the whole dynamic and like kind of the relationship, you know, they have. It's kind of like, that's one of my it. favorite scenes too. Yeah, I think it's, it's like one of their scenes. Yeah, I, for some reason, when I was like just reading some articles about it and stuff, no one talks about that. I find like not. No, it's very much like a male centric film. Totally, yeah, but I guess maybe because we're women and we think about these things. Yeah, know. we just. I just think Marla's super cool. She so is, I'm like, oh my god, she's so great. She's so fucking cool, and she is not even like a bad person. She's just like a no. little nuts, you know, but. I think at the end you can see how he genuinely cares about her, you know. But yeah. we, we'll talk about that obviously because I want to like say the end, like talk about the ending and stuff. But but yeah, anyway, sorry. Overall thoughts, all of that basically for me. Cool. Okay. Well, my my first thoughts are I saw this in high school. Uh, I think it was like sixteen when it came out. It was a really big fucking deal. I didn't see it in the theater. I must have rented it because I know I didn't see it in the theater. But. Um, yeah, it was a big fucking deal. I loved it. Uh, I read the book again after, like, years later in, what, college? So it was, like, over 15 years ago. I'm really old. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I love this film a lot. I've seen it, like, as I said, a bunch of times. And I wrote a paper in college comparing Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, which is, like, about this man who takes this spiritual quest to, like, kind of rid himself. Yeah, I read it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. So I did a whole paper comparing Fight Club, like the book, to Siddhartha. But I used, obviously, the film was out. So I had, like, you know, had a fleshed out oral report. I wish I could. We were just talking about this earlier. I wish I could find a copy of what I wrote because I would love to know what my thought about it was, like, what, 12 or no, like 15 years ago? 15 years ago, yeah. I think that's really amazing that you wrote up. I guess you call it paper here, but an essay or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Pretty cool. So I liked, I liked that. So I really liked it a lot. This, I believe, was the first time I saw Helena Bottom Carter. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then I, I have just like a few interesting notes. Uh, I said, please more films from books. The book is uh, from 1996 by Chuck Pala Newick. Pala Newick. I'm not sure. Yeah, his last name is. Yeah, his last name. Is. Yeah, his um, but yeah, it's based in a book. And I said, please, more films from books. No more reboots. There are mm-hmm. so many books out there. I don't know why we just can't get more films from books. <laughs> that was one of my notes. I also <laughs> have Russell Crowe was supposed to be oh, cast as Tyler. God, Durden. no. Lord, because I do not like Russell Crowe's acting. Mm. So that is, thank God that Brad Pitt is in there. And he got secured for like $17 billion. I saw that. And can we just, like, it's kind of, I mean, I get it, but I think it's really unfair that Edward Norton only got two, two and a half million. Yeah, he got two and a half, yeah. But Brad Pitt was, like, a way bigger deal, though. Like, Brad Pitt had been in, like, what was he in? He'd just done Meet Joe Black, which apparently was kind of dud. So he was, like, it was like a big flop, yeah, but he looked yeah. really beautiful in it. He did, like, Legends of the Fall, Interview with the Vampire. All in a row, yeah. All yeah, in a row. like, 
He he was a big deal, so he could probably get. But that's a lot. Wait, did he do seven years in the Tibet before this oh. movie came out? Was that like? Oh, it could have been like ninety eight, something like that. Let's I just see. remember that he had movies out throughout the nineties, like pretty much every year. Ninety seven. So yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so he was making a lot of money. He was in Seven, which we uh, also did. Like, he was in a lot of stuff, so I can imagine his quote being pretty high. But fucking Seventeen, I know a lot. It is a lot. It's a big, like this a movie. big chunk of the budget. Like, yeah. And Norton had been in like American History X, yeah, I think right. Yeah, he had just come out. Yeah, the year before. And he lost all that weight because he. <sighs> off in american history x oh my god it's like one of my favorite films but i know me too we have to um, yeah we have to do that one yeah that one's gonna be so good but like that i can't believe that he's that thin in this because he's so like muscular in american history x yeah he said um i think how did he lose weight i think he just didn't he didn't I, I can't remember i don't know if he was just i don't think he starved himself but i think no, he, was, he had like abs like even mm. when he was, or even when he was like fighting, like when you see him fighting with his shirt off and stuff, like he's like oh no, he's ripped. Yeah, he's yeah, he wasn't like, like super thin. So I whereas Brad Pitt is kind of like he's like so thin ripped. Mm. He's I, I was reading um or not reading I was listening to like Henry Cavill talk about like they were of course they always ask him about like his body and all of his interviews because he's like so jacked and everything for superman and then he's in the witcher which is on netflix it's like some new show he's in and they were like so what do you um what do you like you know like how is it when you have to film all these like shirtless scenes and stuff and he's like they like you don't get water for like such a long period of time because like the the more that you don't have water like your skin gets thinner oh. and, and like it sticks to your muscles so it, like, actually, like fasting actually like defines the muscles so that's how they get he's like there's so many tricks that like women don't even know that like we have to do when we do these like shirtless scenes and we're like all buff and jacked like like and he was like i was and he was like and, and he said i think he was having no water for such a long time that he said that he got to the point where he could smell water like he could smell it because he hadn't had it and i was like what he was like yeah it's crazy like what does it have smell no but i think maybe the moisture in the air if it's in a closed room because you haven't had it it's almost like what happens if you were like in a desert and you oh, were yeah first, like yeah. your other senses like will kick on to like overdrive so you can like sense and smell like you know your sense of smell will probably like super heightened because you're trying to like smell food or like smell something that's going to save you or something like but he was like it's really crazy so he's like we get like super long days with no not even water like nothing because water will make you bloat that is true yeah. you know so like i was like god that's so crazy so i wonder if he had to do that if brad had to like do something to make his like muscles really like crazy to find you know i don't i honestly yeah. don't, i feel like when i was reading about it, it was more like they they both worked out they, they both um train like these like boxing and all these different types of um yeah like martial arts and stuff but i think brad p was actually eating like he did say like Edward norton say in an interview like yeah it was funny because he was just like eating lots of snacks i was just not eating any snacks you know and like he was on the sun bed like a lot <laughs> Brad Pitt loves to eat in movies. He's always eating. <laughs> always eating. I know, always. 
answers the phone when when the narrator calls him and he's like eating chips. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. No, that is yeah. one thing I've noticed about Brad Pitt, and I've been saying this for years that like he's always eating in his movies. Like, That's so funny. I don't know what it is, but I mean, oh, he's just so hot. He's just so hot. It's like not even fair. Uh, the only other note that I have for my overall thoughts were like, uh, yeah, God, God, thank God, Russell Crowe. I, I wrote. <laughs> My my first my thought on the overall I wrote a quest to change your life that ends up in like domestic terrorism which is essentially like what's going on exactly and then I wrote oh yeah to mention the CNN retrospective on the movies specifically the '90s episode really cool and I wrote this film came out in '99 which they were talking about so many huge important films for cinema came out like American Beauty Blair Witch Project The Matrix uh, Virgin Suicides Talented Mr Ripley like a whole bunch of new artists were coming out and like new directors and david fincher was like just starting out like he'd done seven um and with brad and he also and then this well he did the game i think in 97 oh yeah which have you watched it i don't think of i think i'm thinking of the perfect game that's a different film okay i have no, to I say the game i really like it like i really like that film it's you should watch it it's honestly quite good like it's Oh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, it's Michael Douglas. It's, it's a, a really good story. I have to say. Oh, with Sean Penn. No, I have not seen this. I'm thinking of something. I think I'm thinking of a perfect murder. Oh, That's you are I'm thinking of the perfect yeah. yeah. No, yeah. this is honestly a really interesting story. Like, I like it a lot. Oh, I, cool. okay, I kind of want to rewatch it. Oh, cool. I'm it's Fincher. Yeah, I like Fincher a lot. So cool. Um, I only have a few behind the scenes notes because I mean, there are so many details you can find out about this film. Thanks uh, so much. You literally could talk about it all day. Yeah. If you're very interested in cinematography, like YouTube's got a great whole retrospective. I mean, we're going to talk about what we like, but <laughs> it's going to be, it's a lot. So the only thing I have was that it, um, the, a Fincher said that it's kind of a coming of age film for people in like Gen X. Mm-hmm. And he said that there weren't really any kind of like coming of age films about men in their thirties. He's like, so it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like men in their thirties, like the graduate, but like for men. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. is about, and I think the author said this too in an interview. He said, everything's about women. Like women have a lot of stories of like sisterhood and like togetherness and you know, traveling like journeys and all these kind of things. And he was listing all these things, but men don't really have that. He's like, we had this and then we had um, like, well, there wasn't really like that much in between. It was just like, that's kind of like what we had, you know, like Scarface. Yeah. Like, Scarface is kind of weird. I what mean, about, like, what about sleepers? Sleepers, another one. That's not like, mm. that's all like formed around like, a shared trauma <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's not just like oh we're gonna review that one that's a, a really good film um what's the other one? i think i wrote it down oh he said that there was either fight club or dead poet society oh yeah that's He's right like, I, I the think only other things that like yeah. yeah like showed men like together like gathered together with like a common interest so these are two very different films but kind of show male relationships in a in a different way um, and then I have, it was so weird that the marketing, apparently like Edward Norton said that like yeah. they were really scared of the marketing of this film. Like the studio didn't like it. It's kind of had a whole lot of behind the scenes, like kind of flubs. Like they were just scared of it because they thought it was like too dark, too this, too that. So he said that um, 
it was kind of like the proto incel movie mm-hmm. is like unknowingly obviously we didn't want to make it like that wasn't what their goal but like that was like kind of the beginning of like this kind of like incel which is what they like that's like a buzzword of like a male what like uh characteristic but it's also interesting too to point out that like they don't have any kind of interest in relationships with women either and at yeah. some point, i mean marla is in there but in at some point i think uh they talk about like their fathers and they're like oh yeah like well we're just a generation of men raised by women so yeah, like why do we, yeah like yeah. why do we why do we think another woman is like what we're gonna need so like that's like a a new concept because it's usually thought of that you just get married, have kids. Like he was saying, it's like, I call my dad and he's like, what do I do now? And they're like, get a job, get married, have babies. Like you just do what everyone else does. That's why they're like, no. So that was another thing that was like a, a new kind of man, almost like a new kind of, you know, woman who would not have a child because it's expected, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I have, and also I have the the author said like this was a new form of like a secondary father when men were like these is what men go this is what sometimes like a experience you could go through when like you have a father that you kind of choose and you kind of like emulate or you like apprentice or you have a mentor so this showed that relationship because obviously the narrator like sees something in Tyler and like wants to learn from him yeah. at first does everything you know like whoa so cool like everything he's doing is new you know yeah no that's true that's um yeah do you have any behind the scenes notes before we get into some of our plot i I have so much but like i know yeah okay yeah um so you know when 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 the narrator hits tyler in the ear Mm -hmm. edward norton actually hit brad pitt in the ear that was like not fake because uh, apparently David Fincher kind of whispered um, to other like Ed Norton, like just just hit him for real, and so they just filmed that. That was like his actual reaction, and it's quite funny when you actually funny, yeah. When he actually says like, "Why did you hit me?" In the he's ear? like, "Ow!" But he's kind of like, "Yeah, now I get it." It's like, of course he was really pain, you know. Yeah, it's like, you hit me in the ear, man. <laughs> I know, I know. It was so funny. I can only imagine. Apparently, you can, if you if you watch that scene again, you can see Edward Norton sort of like, like giggling a little bit, or like kind of like has a bit of a smirk in his face because he, because he was genuine, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Brad Pitt and Helena Bonham Carter spent three days recording orgasmic sounds for their unseen sex scenes. <laughs> Oh, for like, yeah, when he hears them in the house. They're really intense. Know, like, you yeah. hear them kind of like being wild. Yet, can you believe three days recording orgasmic sounds? Edward Norton said that it was like he was in like a, the, the voiceover booth for like a month to get the voiceover right with Fincher. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, orgasm sounds is a lot. Especially when you have to like be in a booth with Brad Pitt and you're not actually doing that, you're just looking at him and doing it. Like oh that's God, I could never. I don't even I think I could. <laughs> I couldn't even stand next to him. I'll pretty faint, or say something stupid because I have a big mouth and. I know. I don't know yeah. what I, was, I, I. That's why people are like, "Oh, do you want to like meet? Like, would you ever have anyone cool like to interview on on like the podcast?" I was like, "Well, if it ever got that far, the only person that I think I could honestly have a real conversation with and not freak out." David Grohl. 
No, Keanu Reeves. No, I've met Dave Grohl and I freaked out. Oh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. I honestly feel like I, he's so fucking chill. He is. He's so down to earth. Like, yeah, I, feel like I wouldn't be nervous to talk to him. I feel like I would be like Brad Pitt. I probably I probably wouldn't be that nervous because I, he's really cool. Like Brad Pitt's really funny too. When I see interviews with him, he seems really funny. I don't think I'd have anything to like run out of to talk about. I feel like he could talk about like cool stuff. But then some people that I really, really like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I want to meet Tom Hiddleston. I really like him. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. I'd be like, oh, hi. I- I've seen Jude Law and met him and shook his hand. And he was like a beautiful fucking hologram. That man is gorgeous. <laughs> it's like out of control. Um, I don't know that I could talk to him. He's also very dreamy. His eyes are very like. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I I don't trust my myself because the the nerves get the worst out of me. I act in really bizarre ways, and <laughs> I'm quite frightening. Like I I have right. done a lot of dumb stuff, like just because I get so nervous. Like Wait, yeah, though, when this show blows up, I have to get like Brad Pitt to somehow like <laughs> surprise you around a corner or something and tape it. Can you imagine? God, so you acting like so crazy and like like him just popping around and be like, "Oh, excuse me, uh, do you can you give me directions?" Like just something crazy random where he just pops up and he asks you something like completely like normal, and it's about directions or something or like, is there a coffee shop near here? Oh yes, please. I'll have. I'll make you coffee at mine. How about that? <laughs> <In> my house. <laughs> As your husband's like working from home and you just scroll in with Brad Pitt, you're like, he's here, he's here for coffee. <laughs> he's here for coffee. He's sitting down. Shut oh up. God, no, that's not happen. Come on. Um <laughs> Yeah, so did you know that Courtney Love and Wynonna Ryder were considered for sure the did. That's insane. And like, Courtney Love was dating uh, Edward Norton or well, she I'm so glad that, that Courtney didn't get it because I actually feel like Winona Ryder would have played it would have played her well I think it would have been pretty good yeah but, but I mean at the end of the day you know like no one is like Helena Bonham Carter she's just fucking oh, amazing yeah. and Reese Witherspoon was also asked for the role but she turned it down because it was too dark but she did American Psycho I mean, um, she didn't have to do anything. I know. Like, she but, was with this guy who was, like, a serial killer. I know. How weird. But I guess. And she was in um, Cruel Intentions, although she didn't do anything weird. That was all Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. She I wasn't mean, goody goody she either wasn't. way, I'm glad that she didn't She didn't um, do it, you know? Oh, yeah. Totally. And um, something. Anyway, though, which is a really good movie that we should review with Kiefer Sutherland. Actually, someone asked for that the other day. Someone on Facebook was like, are you guys going to do Freeway? And I was like, oh, we should. It's really good. It's like an obscure 90s film with mm. Reed. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I obviously didn't grow up with Rosie O'Donnell, so I don't know what her deal is and well, like how likable. Or is she likable as well? But uh, apparently um, the Friday that the film was released in the US. She appeared on a TV show and revealed that she has watched the movie and that she couldn't that she hadn't been able to sleep ever since and that she basically just gave the plot 
like away. She she kind of told everyone like on yeah, TV or something. On TV, she gave the plot twist ending in the film like what? away and and told the viewers to avoid the movie, to not watch what? it. Yeah, which is fucked up. Like that's yeah, that sucks. I don't know what why she was that. I mean, I, I'm obviously not very familiar with her. I don't know, like she's know. like a comedian who had like a talk show in like the '90s. But oh, how messed up! It was, up. Like, it was like Ellen's. It was like Ellen's talk show. It was like very like you know whatever like daytime. But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I can't see her even talking about Fight Club on a TV show. Well, yeah, apparently Ellen Norton, Brad Pitt, and and we think she actually discussed that on on the DVD, like oh shit yeah and they said that what she did was un- un- unforgivable like yeah, that's so awful but imagine like if you're watching that like i'm sure her show was watched by millions of people yeah, so, oh yeah it was like a daytime show yeah no wonder like if you watch i mean i still have fucking watch the movie but it, it, it's very sad and like, kind of like fucked up like it definitely was like as we've been reading it definitely was not a, a box office hit no, which I have to say, you didn't know that. I just found that the other day because I grew up thinking that this movie was kind of like one of the, you know, one like up there with like some of the most successful movies of all time because like literally every everyone I know loves the film and seen it. So I didn't know that it was kind of more of a, like a cult classic and that it didn't do that well at, at the box office. It was a shock. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Do you have any other notes before I get into to plot? Um let me Oh yeah, I have one actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like this one. So David Fincher actually asked Radiohead to provide the music score oh, for the film. I read that. I was like, oh, I wonder if Jai's going to read this. Of course, of course, yeah. And Tom York said he couldn't because he was suffering from exhaustion, like, because um, they just been touring and promoting OK Computer. Could you imagine if they did this? Granted, they should have. This is dope. I bought this CD, the soundtrack, uh, I have to say. But, dude, could you imagine if Radiohead did it? Oh. I mean, they, they obviously don't. Yeah, I mean they are obviously up there already with like. Have they know. scored anything? Like any? I know they might have scored their own films, but have they scored like a Hollywood film? Johnny Greenwood does c- composing. Doesn't he, he does. He co- yeah. He does a lot of music for films. Oh, okay. Um, I don't actually. I don't know. I don't think I've seen. You know, I've watched some British shows and there's some Radiohead songs in those, but not. But they're Radiohead. They're not like score. They're Radiohead. They're not. Yeah. Not like what Trent Reznor does. Like he did that. No, so- no. Score with Fincher. Yeah, but I thought that was cool, and I was thinking, Tom York, come on, it would have been so cool. This if- movie is so intense. Could you imagine the amount of like the work he would have had to have done? I know. It's, this movie's pretty intense, and I do love. Uh, and I didn't know the Dust Brothers before, so I do love the soundtrack in this, like the the instrumental. It's really good, but you know what? There is one song that is so similar to a track in Seven. It's like the, okay, if you watch the scene where um, Helena Bonacarta Marla is um. They're at the at the building at the office, like on the on on the top floor, and the narrator sees Helena Bonacarta like being taken in by by his men. Uh huh. Okay. That, that music play that is like really intense. That it really sounds like one of the main songs in Seven. Oh, I have to see. Well, I, you, I, I, watch I, it. Just watch that that scene. 
I know Step Brothers, who scored seven. I don't know if I wrote it down. When we yeah, did. which I mean, it, I guess it makes sense, but yeah. Anyway, okay, plot. Sorry, crazy. plot points. Um, yeah, we have some plot points. We're trying to make this a little less crazy. So this film, I decided that I kind of broke it down into what I thought were like the three acts of this film. I'm sure they're probably different, different things. But I love how we okay. The first act, we meet. It kind of we're starting from the bat from the beginning. I mean, the end to go back. So we're starting with like the whole gun thing. We're like, what the fuck? Who are these two dudes? So then we meet the narrator because he has no name for the entire film until the end. So we meet Edward Norton. He's like typical, you know, like waspy kind of guy or like not waspy, like um, like a yuppie kind of guy. Like totally has like all this Ikea, like boring kind of <laughs> job. He's like, well, like an insurance adjuster, like something crazy. I do love when you see him uh, going through all the different like airports like, I love that too. Yeah, and yeah. it's like the fast cuts of like him going through all the airports, which I thought was pretty cool. And then you see all the like single servings of everything. Mm-hmm. I like how he's like, yeah, you get like this, you know, everything's like single serving, like just for the time. And then he has like these like single serving friends. Do you talk to people on airplanes like he does? All the time. Do you? Oh, yeah. I hate when people talk to me. <laughs> so bad. Oh, God. It's happened to me like two or three times. I'm like, I have headphones. Oh. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I don't want to talk to anyone. Well, <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. funny. I, I mean, obviously, it's different now because um, I don't fly solo anymore. And, you know, like, I'm married. But it's not yeah, that I... Mean, I like, did, you, did you talk to people, like, regardless? Not, like, flirting-wise. Yeah. No, no, I do, I do. Like, when we went to Portland, I literally talked to the guy next to me. We were having this long chat, like, because Matthew and I didn't see... Um, next to each other for whatever reason on the way there and this guy was just like we were just chatting like about books and like what we do for a living and everything it's like I think I just have one of those phases that says like please come and talk to me because I no honestly like and I also do love a chat with anyone like I love a good chat with a cabbie like every time I get an over I'm, I'm like how's your day going and like what time do you start work? Like whatever, you know. Well, I ask one question. I ask, "How's your day going?" And if they just go like, "Hey, yeah, okay," like if they don't elaborate, then I don't ask anything else the rest of the time. Because like, I can tell if they wanted to talk about their day, they would be more like, "Oh, it was good." Started at eight. Like they would actually like give me a story, and then I could interject and have a conversation. But if they're just like, "It was okay," then I can tell like they're one of those people that doesn't like to talk because I'm also kind of like that. Yeah. So, uh, so I try to like pick up on that, but no, I do not like to talk to people uh, on airplanes. Very rare do I, but I definitely don't because I just don't. Well, I've had some of the most fascinating conversations with people on planes. Like, oh, imagine cool. flying but... eleven hours or ten hour flights. You you and you make friends, you know, and you talk about everything. But but yeah, like it's um, <laughs> it's that funny. Is 10 hour do not make any friends (laughs) like i'm fucking done like i i think i was flying from i think it was reykjavik to la Mm -hmm. or like somewhere or low london to la and it was like 10 hours or some shit like that and i was like this is fucking i was like oh god and i was like so happy to be back in like sun and uh 
you know much love to everybody on the west coast right now it's fucking intense oh my god fucking terrible like i don't yeah i hope everyone's okay if you're listening out there on the west coast we're thinking yeah yeah thinking of you guys we have friends there actually and And in the gulf there's a hurricane Right now, I think uh, Hurricane Sally. It's everything. It's basically the world is genuinely upside down. Yeah, it's it's really fucking insane. Um, So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, we see him, like, going through all of his, like, work trips and everything. And then we see him, like, in the exit row. And then that's when he, like, (laughs) pulls his hand over and you see him, like, Brad Pitt's, like, talking about, or Tyler. We find come to find him as Tyler Durden. Wearing this amazing, like, 70s porno fucking leather suit. Yep. Weird, like polyester pants and like a floral lounge shirt and like really crazy hair. Like his hair is like a peacock. I know. His hair is crazy. The top, it's all like. Only he can pull that off. And the pink glasses? Does he have the pink glasses? No, not yet. No, he's got yellow or red. I can't. Yeah. Um, And he just looks super cool. So we see, like, we finally see him for the first time. Thank God. And uh, we're like, oh my god! At first, we're just, and it's just like that. I love their their conversation when they first like kind of see each other, and he's just like, oh, and he like, I think like uh, the narrator like makes a crack of a joke at himself, and he's like, yeah, I call him single serving. He's like, do you get it? Because it's single. He's like, oh yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> Very funny. Like, yeah, he's like really funny. Like it's pretty clever. How's it working out for you being uh- clever? <laughs> And he's like, uh, okay. And he's like, oh, keep it up. I love that line, actually. Because yeah, that, that's kind of this, I don't think anyone will say that to you. That's your inner monologue like, totally. that you have. Like, you don't, I mean, has anyone ever said that to you? Like, no. Like, that <laughs> no. clearly is a conversation he's having with himself, you know? But you like, never know that. Hmm. No, you don't, yeah. So then they, like, get off the plane and another, like, super funny thing where he's, like, waiting for his bags and he's like, where are my bags? And the guy's like, I'm sorry, when your like stuff, when your luggage vibrates, we have people who look up and he's like, vibrate? And he's like, sometimes it's a dildo. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sometimes it's like a razor. Sometimes it's like nothing, but sometimes it's a dildo. And he's like, we never want to say it's like your dildo. We just say a dildo. And it's like so <laughs> funny and weird. And he's like, I don't own. And the guy's like, <laughs> he's like on the phone, like, it's okay. So then you see in the back of like the corner of your eye, you see like Tyler like jump into this Camaro and like speed off, and then he he like sees him, and he's like, and then you hear the and the, and the faint in the back. Hey, that's my car. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, it's so good. So then he like goes back to his condo, and his condo is fucking blown out of the sky. All the shit's gone. He's freaking out. Only person he knows is Tyler. Tyler. So, um, I guess we were talking about the insomnia that he goes to the support groups. I guess we forgot to mention that he meets Marla there, but he's like trying to like somehow change his schedule. So he doesn't run into her cause she's faking too. And this is the only way he can get to sleep, which is fucking crazy and weird, but whatever, do your shit. And, uh, so he only knows Marla and Tyler. He's not going to call. I think he sees Marla's number and he's like, I'm not going to call her. And then he like finds the paper of uh, Tyler's like soap company or whatever the fuck. Who has a card, which is just, that's another 90s moment. That he pulls out his business card. And gives oh it- yeah, that's true. Um, and then when he calls him, he's like, when <laughs> he's like eating chips, he like doesn't answer. And then he like calls back and he's like, yeah, I started 69. You I never pick up my phone. Another 90s moment. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, what's up? <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, 
yeah, let's go meet for a beer. And then they like, they meet for this beer and they're, they're in Lou's bar, which ends up being like this bar they hang out in all the time. And another one of my favorite scenes is when he kind of like, the narrator's just bitching to Tyler how he like lost all of his shit. And like, these are his material possessions. And then he says, one of my favorite things where he's like, I was close to being complete. Like he feels like material possessions are like going to complete him. It's honestly great line after another like he, it's just full of an insane yeah, that whole like yeah conversation is just yeah yeah it's great. so good he's like why do you know what a duvet is how come guys like us know what a duvet is <laughs> and like and he's like i don't want like five tv with 500 channels and like some guy's name on my underwear like all this shit that like totally applies to men i, I totally, get it yeah like, of course. Kind of signals we do with like this is your like strive for perfection like this is what we think perfection is kind of thing um so then of course he has nowhere to stay so he like awkwardly is like cut the floor plan just ask you want me to like you want to hang out you want me to like stay at my house and he's like can i he's like yeah sure so then he's like yeah but you got to hit me as hard as you can so this is where this is this is it people this is where we're starting so then they get into this like ridiculous fight outside they really enjoy it he's now moved into his house this super dank dirty house that i would love to fucking shoot in i know and i love i also wrote this i love the concept of being alone in a half a mile in each direction at night when they're like golfing i know because it's massive um, and then I wrote, what is the natural rage of men? Then it just kind of shows how it progresses. Like more people are going to go to lose. It becomes like a thing. Um, and then I have like, that's when he talks about like, we're a generation raised of men raised by women. Um, <laughs> then in order to, to get money, they have to make soap. This is in one of my gross scenes is when they get that fat from the liposuction clinic. Oh my god, that is so gross. So gross, but it's so great and so funny how he like makes this soap just to sell back to the department store, which I find really funny. Um, the second act, I think, kind of starts when the narrator runs into Bob, who's played by Meatloaf, who has these like giant, huge tits. Because- Wait, before you move on to that, can oh, we yeah. just talk about just one, one, one scene when when uh, Marla makes an entrance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot because I was taking notes more from the second act. Like, how fucking brilliant. Like, that... I love that so much. Like, just what she's wearing, but then she's just there smoking. And he's just... look. I mean, the moment he looks at her, he knows she's bad news, you know? He's like... I can't remember exactly what he says, but something like this cheek appears in, like, cancer or whatever. And Uh then... I love that obviously she's been like turning up to all the meetings and then at one point he's like talking to her and then doing like a therapy there I guess where they had to hug and just before they do that he asks her like why why do you come and she says wait I want to make sure I something like the coffee's great it's free coffee cheaper than a movie and there is free coffee yeah like I love that, you know. That's cool. She's just so mental. Like, and then she also, he's like, "You got to get out of here." Like, I need. I this. need this. I, I yeah. need this. And she's like, and he's, I can't, cry. I can't go to sleep. I, if I can't cry, then I can't do this. And she's like, "Candy stripe a cancer ward. It's not my problem." <laughs> and then she just like walks away. And then yeah. I love when he, when he goes up to her and she's like, "We need to talk." And she's like, and then he says like, "You got to switch switch days." And she's like, "I saw you practicing this. Is it going as well as you'd hoped, Rupert?" <laughs> I know. And she's like, just so smart. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, I, their interaction is really funny when when they go from that to like her going to the laundromat and stealing the clothes, and then goes to the vintage shop to sell yeah. it. What are you yeah. selling these? <laughs> yes, I'm selling some clothes. Anyway, so we're gonna switch all these days up, so we're never gonna run into each other. Oh, it's pretty funny. It I is pretty funny. That, yeah, because I started. I was trying to like watch and not take notes at the same time, but um, but aside from. Yeah, the the support groups. Bob is in the support groups. Who's played by Meatloaf? Meatloaf, yeah, so funny. Um, I think when he runs into him and he finds out that the Fight Clubs have grown like beyond the basement that he didn't know about, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. the second act kind of starts. Yeah, now he's confused and now he's like, "Fuck, there's something going on that I don't know about." And now this guy's in it, and he's like, "I go Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's supposed to be one night a week. Supposed to be on Saturdays." Um, and then I wrote, um, there's another really great like soliloquy that Tyler has in the basement as it's, as like the club is growing. And he says like, you know, I've seen a lot of new faces here and everybody's laughing and he's like, shut up. Like you guys have been breaking the first rule. Like clearly there's a lot of fucking people here and the first rule is not to fucking talk about it. And then he talks about like, this is more of like really what I think more men identify like you know you're all been told you're going to be like rock stars and movie gods and you realize you're not and they have you working to the bone and then he's like our great war is like a spiritual war and it's not it's like a which is what we're kind of in right now we're in like kind of a culture war and it's like very much defined by like these ideologies and he says like we're we're realizing this this fact and we're very pissed off which is what like it really it's almost like the joker this kind of runs in the same it is yeah like that very like angry male rage you know yeah i mean i i get that you know um yeah so that's like kind of i think where the film turns you're like okay he's kind of preaching like something else now like we're now past like just fighting for male aggression just feeling good and like this camaraderie and like that's it it's like then he starts to give out assignments which i think are great where it's like start a fight with a stranger and then that's really funny you see all of the priest yeah the priest priest. how funny is that so funny and then and this is also another of my favorite scenes is that fucking fight with his boss the narrator where that's he- that's in my favorite scene yeah, and man. of course it's in your so right because um, the guy is like watching him like mm-hmm. what are you doing you know and he- you're gonna keep me on the payroll um i'm gonna not tell people all these crazy things i know and like how do you play that this one did so well he choreographed right he was like throwing himself back and like you know, you know it, it's so good and then I also love what he says right there. I am Jack smirking revenge because <laughs> he finds these journals in this old house that's written in like the third person of like, or no, the first person out of everyone's internal organ, this guy's internal organ. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> I, am Jack, I am Jack's like this. And he is like, I am Jack smirking revenge. Um, I have more chaotic assignments against capitalism, but more anti-materialism blowing up corporate art, you know, uh, putting that weird smiley face in the, in the background. And then I have, okay, he's building a cult now. I said, why is he building an army? It's like a religion. Uh, Jared Leto makes a little cameo in here. Of course he does. And you're right. It does feel very culty. Very culty because now we're following this one guy and we were watching the vow and this is how this fucking shit happens. (laughs) 
So like this, they get you in with self-actualization and self-improvement much like this. And then it ends up being this way more sinister thing that they've gotten you. Probably yeah, they convince you to like commit crimes. And yeah. And I was going to say that in the vow, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about insomnia, that they were talking about one of the things that people do for, for cults for manipulation is uh, sleep deprivation. Because when you're sleep deprived, you do crazy shit. I think uh, Charles Manson and them did shit like that too. Like, oh wow! And you are like, when you're sleep deprived, you're just completely different because your brain is running on like a totally different. You are. I can vouch. For yeah, that. It's, easy to, it's easy to talk people to do things. Like, either get mm-hmm. them tired than give them some kind of drug where it's like not a real sleep. It's like a very like you know your body's going. It's crazy. Who knows what you could do. Um, then I have, yeah, they're all like, it's so weird that it's, I said, it's like a religion now. These guys are moving into the house and like doing that weird shit where they're doing some kind of like weird hazing on the porch where it's like, you have to sit here and be abused for three days and then we'll let you in. Oh um, yeah. It's like a test, isn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah. Like all these crazy tests. I do love when they accost that chief of police and they're like, stop investigating us. And they take him into a bathroom and they're like, we're going to cut your balls off if you don't do this. I love that too, because he's totally unexpected. Like he doesn't. He's like, oh my god, they they are part of this too, and then they're like, he's like, I'm not. You don't understand. I am not Tyler, and they're like, yeah, you said you would you would say that, and um, they basically able to predict everything he's going to say and do. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fucking so crazy. I sent you a video of Taking Back Sunday. It's this band I loved in college. They did a whole video like like fight club uh it's called cute without the e cut from the team uh word up if you know taking back sunday uh and then it's it's after that that he kind of sees that tyler's favoring uh angel who's jared leto so like the next fight they have he fucking beats the shit out of him that's in one of my worst yeah same and he's so jealous and it's so intense this line i wrote i uh when he says i felt like destroying something beautiful when Tyler asked the narrator, like, where'd, where'd you come from, psycho boy? And he's like, I felt like destroying something beautiful. Um, and then I said, it's evolved now out of the basement into Project Mayhem. I love the scene in the car where they have that <gasps> car ride where he's like, yeah, yeah. what you would have done in your life before you die. And he's like trying to get the narrator like to hit bottom. He's like, you don't realize what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to open your mind. I'm trying to help you think in a different way and you're totally fighting me you're still fighting me you're holding this wheel of this car you're not just letting it go he's like you need to know what it's like to let go and not know what's going to happen and just trust that like shit's going to be crazy and you're going to have a different experience and i love that car crash too that car crash you know how it's slow-mo and you can see uh tyler's face you can see his teeth you can see like this reminds me very much i wrote of the crash in romeo and juliet with romeo and tibble yeah and it's in the rain and it's at night too yeah and i i I love that scene as well i feel like even the music that's playing and the suspense of like not really knowing they're gonna i mean you kind of know that now but the first time you watched it you didn't know what you know he was going to die or what's going to happen but yeah i I love the conversation i love everything that's said there and i i like how you can see the guys sitting like at the back kind mm-hmm. of staring at each other and it makes you kind of wonder whether um the narrator is just talking to himself clearly mm-hmm. you know he's talking he's not talking to tyler and he's like having this like back and forth co- like conversation with himself and they're kind of like what's going on what is he doing you know yeah 
But you don't know that the first time you watch it. No, no. Yeah, because they're both looking like, what the fuck? Um, There's also another scene that's really good when he goes to the guy outside the, the convenience store. And like, yeah, like, like pretends like he's gonna kill him, but then gets him to like think about his life and like, what do you want to do? I know you don't want to work in this store forever, and kind of like scares the guy into like snapping into like what he wants to do. And then the narrator's like, "What the fuck were you doing? Like, why were you holding a gun at this guy's head, saying you're gonna rob him?" And he's like, "You don't understand. I've now like forced him. Like, the next day is the first day of his life, the rest of his life. Like." he's going to now be so happy that he's alive and he's going to go to become like a vet. Like he wanted to, like, that's also another really good scene too. Yeah, no, that's a really cool scene. I mean, you kind of see what he's doing and you kind of like, I mean, at this point, how do you feel about him? Do you feel torn that like he's doing something like, I guess his, his ultimate goal makes sense, but it's kind of got too dark. Yeah. It's kind of like, at the beginning, I'm kind of like, okay, this is cool. But then it just gets too, it's just too much. Like, yeah. it's not, you know, he's kind of lost sight of. This is this is where it kind of turns. Is This is when, like, the next day, uh, the narrator wakes up. I love the what he says to uh, the narrator, like, what Tyler's, like, sitting on the edge of the bed. And it's right before he leaves. And um, Tyler has this, like, big, this, like, kind of long speech. Like, I think he knows that he's, like, there and listening or, like, in the, you know, in the film, per se. Mm -hmm. He's telling him, like, you know, this is, like, going forward. Like, it's going to be on, like, this weird, like, super highway, like, of information. It's just everything's going crazy. And then when he wakes up, he finds the house is just, like, alive and, like, almost, like, beating like a heart. Like, lemmings everywhere, scrubbing stuff like doing all these like minuscule jobs that he has no idea what's going on. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, I am, I think he says, I am Jack's sense of rejection. Like, yes. yeah. Yes. And, and then you see angel all like face all fucked up. And he's like, it's project mayhem. Like you don't ask questions. Like we've got it under control. And it's just like, it's just insane. Like everyone's just super crazy wearing all black, doing all their shit. And then Bob comes in and Bob got shot when they were doing like, some kind of like corporate art explosion and bob is the guy who was in the the support group with him so he gets shot and died yeah the cops shot him yeah um which is crazy after that it causes this break and the narrator's like going city to city and he's like i love this montage too where he's like i have like he's setting up franchises that's totally what he said that his dad was doing like the narrator says like my dad left me and then marries another woman and has kids and just does that every couple years. And then Tyler's like, Oh man, fuckers setting up franchises. That's kind of like what he's doing with fight club. Like he sees it's all over the country now. Yeah. Super intense. And, and then also when he goes to that one bar and he's like, and the guy's like, and he's like, wait, do you know who I am? And he's like, are you sure this isn't a test? And he's like, no, this is not a test. Who am I? And he's like, you were in here last week. Like, you told me, like, X, Y, and Z. And he's like, what? So he, like, goes back to his hotel, and he's like, oh, fuck, this is crazy. And then that's when you hit, like, the third act, which is, like, confirmation. And he calls Marla. Fucking Tyler. Yeah, and he he calls her, and then she's like, Tyler Durden. He's like, what's my name? What's my name? And she's like, Tyler Durden, you fucking crank. I'm coming over. (laughs) No, but I love how she... Well, he's like, have we we done it? And she's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He's like, have we done it? He's like what do you mean like you we made love it's like yes have we done it it's like yes we've done it and then it's like what is going on Tyler Durden and he's like oh, 
you know, it's just so amazing how say he finds name. out. Say my name. Say my name. Say my name. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming over. And then and that's when he like sees him and he's like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, wait, why do people think that I'm you? He's like, come on, you got it. You've got to know it. And he's like, uh, come on. He's like, cause we're the same person. And he's like, that's right. And he's like, I look like you want to look. I fuck like you want to fuck. I'm smart people. <laughs> and I'm free in all the ways that you are not. Then you are not. Ugh. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, this can't be crazy. He's like, wait, but you have all these. He's like, no, you have night jobs because you make soap and you can't sleep. <laughs> and he's like, you're fucking Marla. He's like, no, technically you're fucking Marla, but it's all the same to her. <laughs> and then they like show all these different scenes of like, he's like, sometimes you didn't really know whether or not you were seeing me. So sometimes you're still you. <laughs> And then they show him like by himself, like dropping the beer, like when he gives it to him. And he's like, sometimes you imagine yourself watching me. But, and then you see all the scenes that like you've seen Tyler in that he's really there. And he's like, now you see what happened. She knows too much. She's going to compromise our goals of this crazy fucking bomb, like, you know, credit card company shit. And he's just like, I can't do this. I have to let her out. And he's like, we can't do this. We don't have time for this crap. <laughs> and he like just passes out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, now he's just like, fuck, I've got to like find out what's going on. This is another nineties moment where he's like on the phone and like grabbing all these papers off the wall. Oh yeah. I <laughs> forgot to, like, about that. Figure all this out on the phone. Yeah. The phone. And another one of my favorite scenes is when he goes to the cops and he tries to like turn himself in and he's like, listen, I'm the head of this crazy thing. Like you need to like crazy organization. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like anarchists. Like we're going to do all this crazy shit to these buildings. And they're like, uh, okay. Is this, a, this isn't a test. And then like the one chief goes out and they're all part of it. <laughs> and they're like, you, you said you would say that you said you would come in and like, tell us. And he's like, wait, no, I am Tyler Jordan. And this is a fucking order. And he's like, they said you would definitely say that. <laughs> And then he just like they strap him down, which is so funny. It's so funny. And then he ends up just in his underwear running running and running like to the I building. Love that outfit. I love that. He's just I also love how he played that scene. The the look on his face. He looked like a scared boy. It was yeah. really cute. Yeah, he does. And he's just like in his underwear running, which is really funny as well. Um And I love the scene with Marla in the diner. When, like, he's, like, trying to tell her to get away. He's like, you've got to get out of here. Some crazy shit's going to happen. He's like, I care about you and something bad is going to happen to you if you don't leave town. Like, He's like, get, on, she's the like, get on this bus. I know. And then she get, I love this. When she gets on the bus and she's looking at him and she's like, Tyler Durden, you are the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I know. And she looks so, like, so sad when she says it. I know so final <clears throat> just like so wait let, before we get to the very end mm-hmm. did you know the first time you watched it did you know the twist i don't when think did you so. know i when don't think you know? so i think i watched it pretty openly and being like because <gasps> i i did see the flashes like you know how you saw those flashes when he was yeah you see i didn't the first time i watched it i didn't see that i saw that um, but I didn't, I don't think I put it together. Well, also, I don't think you could tell exactly that. It's only watching it now, you know it's Brad Pitt, but you don't know it's him, like, the first time. You just see it's a flash, but you don't yeah. really, you can't make out. Yeah, like, no, I didn't know what it, it was, is. and I didn't know, oh, that's the guy that's right there when they bring him in later. Like, I don't know that. Hmm. But no, I, I don't f- think I knew. 
I feel, you know what, like, I don't remember, I mean, I don't think I did, but I definitely remember one thing is, you know, when Marla comes to the house and she sees everyone working outside mm-hmm. and and he's drinking, she's just holding a bottle of alcohol mm-hmm. and, and she's like, who are these people? When, during that scene, because she, he's like, he's not here. And she's like, who? He's like, Tyler he's not here Mm. and the look on her face that's the first sign like the first thing that made me think wait is it possible that because at this point I was already like you never see like he's panicking and he can't see tail anyway and everyone is just looking at him like why are you acting crazy like they were kind of those two scenes made me think I wonder if that's him, but I wasn't sure. I thought that yeah, I don't no, there would be like another twist. Oh, I don't know if I thought that when I first saw it. I guess now that I know, it's kind. I don't remember, but I don't mm. think I knew. I don't think I like put it together. I think I was just watching it, like just yeah. totally watching it, be like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" Like just not really thinking like of the story too much. Yeah, I knew it was gonna happen, but you know, because we, we were like working backwards, so I knew there was gonna be like a gun to his head from that guy, but I could never think that like that would not be him or yeah, like pointing a gun at him. Well, what I think is crazy is that it was only because of Marla, like because of Helena Bonacarta's acting in that particular scene, that really made me think, wait, she's looking at him kind of like really upset and confused, and that that's the only thing that triggered for me that thought. You know, mm-hmm. there's also but, another like really weird scene too, where I mean, there's so many like I feel like we've forgotten a lot of scenes, like when he does the burn on him. Oh, on well, top. I haven't forgotten because that's in my words. Yeah, scene. I was gonna say like there's so many things that we haven't talked about. Like there's just so many, just um, so much. Yeah. like uh, all of those weird jobs that he has where he splices like porn into into movies. Um, oh yeah, I find really funny. And then you see that child crying. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. like. Then he like uh, kisses <laughs> in that soup at like the hotel. That's gross. That's I can't gross. Um, because I've always been terrified of that happening in like a restaurant. Oh, I know that'd be so scary. This is why we're not people who complain or send anything back because I know what oh, I don't what servers are capable. Like yeah, anyone that works yeah. in in you know in restaurants they get pissed off and they would do things to food that you don't want to know about no, totally not um yeah. so then when you get to the end is when he's trying to like prevent this whole crazy shit going on and then of course we get that end scene where i still don't understand how if you shoot yourself somehow your other person will die i know die, I... who knows if we're even supposed to know i mean it's just kind of a weird ending. i remember when i watched it i was like what how does that kill him like, yeah, I have to say that is the one, the only th- thing about the movie that I didn't love. Like it's because up to that point, I'm I'm super happy with everything. But then it's like, first of all, he is kind of pointing the the going up, yeah, kind of his brain. But then suddenly he's like shot his cheek. Like it seems, out, yeah. And then not just that, but it keeps getting worse because he's just fucking shot himself in the fucking face and and he's able to speak yeah and then he's like if you look at him closely he looks he doesn't look that rough like his face afterwards when he's like talking to martin and marla comes in and all his men are like oh you look look like you need it yeah you need to be um 
you know, someone needs to see you. And she's like, no, it's fine. I was like, okay, this is really, like, over the top. Not believable, you know? Yeah, but this would never happen. I guess, I guess maybe what, the, what I like to think is that it, it was just, like, a metaphor, really. Like, it's not that he... Well, the thing is, we don't know. The way. We don't know if he really gets rid of, of him. It kind of looks like he he's got rid of Tyler. Mm-hmm. But, but you never know. You don't know. Yeah, if you have a psychotic break again, you can create another identity. Of course. Yeah. That, so you know, we we see that like we know that happens. So, but it's but... complete now. So I think that now that he has Marla and he kind of realizes, like, I love when he's like, "You met me at a very strange time in my life," and then we yeah. get to, like the Pixies fucking epic that yeah. moment, I mean it's not that I love that scene because it's a bit weird because you see all these buildings collapsing um, but it's kind of cool to see them holding hands together mm-hmm. and it's kind of beautiful like that moment and then the song comes up you know really cool but do you do you remember from you read the book mm-hmm. the, is that what happens in the book as well? Um, I think so. The book is pretty, it's pretty spot on the, the book. I remember being like, there's obviously some things that are a little bit different. Like, like obviously like some character development and things that like are just a little different, but okay. I'm pretty sure that it ends like that, but I don't know. I honestly have to read it completely over again. So yeah. I'm just interested to see like, because I heard that the author was like, really quite he was quite shocked that the the movie um you know he just felt like the movie totally justice to the book and if anything it was an improvement of his book so that he didn't cool. write the screenplay which i think was interesting it was written by like someone named jim yeah apparently he didn't want to and i'm glad because whoever did it did an excellent job yeah you know? like it is so fucking smart it was a woman right uh, I think it was, I thought it was Jim something. Oh, okay. Yeah, for some reason, I think I thought it was Jim something. Well, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty smart. Yeah, it's really cool. I was going to say, do you have any kind of like uh, theme and mood notes? I have here the cinematographer's name is Jeff Cronenweth. Um, and it's just like, it's classic Fincher color grading. They shot for 138 days, which is really long. It's crazy. Yeah. hundred rolls of 35 millimeter film. Fucking, I know. Um, it's like 200 locations. Yeah. They shot How LA, Century City. Um, yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, apparently like that's like. 1500 rolls of film that's like three times more than the average right so that's it's insane i can't even imagine the editing god yeah, the editing alone and the movie's like two hours and like 20 minutes or something like it's not a short film either which is why we were like how are we going to talk about this movie and not be like three hours no i know i know i think we're doing pretty though. well we're doing pretty well um, yeah, fashion, mood. Yeah. well yeah no just like again mood notes mood just like the cinematography is amazing it's very like david fincher you know like yeah he definitely it, does that style but you kind of see as well like not not that it's similar but there are some things that are very similar to like uh seven you know like he does again the color grading is kind of green a little green mm-hmm. and aqua yeah and then even that the the house that they that they 
that they live in mm-hmm. it's kind of grimy like he obviously likes that you know kind of like I mean I know it's part of the story but it, it really reminded me of that scene in seven when they fight when they go to the to the guy's house you know I know and it's this rundown building and like it's he, yeah he's just he's amazing and then I just saw Mindhunter and like he he really loves credits, doesn't he? He loves to really invest in the credits. And House of and Cards. And make it really interesting. Pardon? He did House of Cards. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's very different. You can't uh-huh. really see House of Cards. You can't really see any of the of his actual style in, in House of Cards. I've barely seen it. I've seen like five minutes. It's very different. I guess it's more polished. I don't know. It's different, I guess. But fashion. Oh, my God. Wow, there's so many. Okay. I, I feel like I can generally talk about the fashion for a long for forever, basically, about this film. Because we should do here, we should actually do a like favorite fashion like movie episode, like a bonus. Yeah, we where really we, like, should. Talk about, like all the fashion, because this is gonna be like so far. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're talking well, so long. We're at, like a minute twenty or an hour twenty now. We're, like, I know, we're, like, but short. <laughs> It will be okay. If you've made it this far, congratulations. We're trying to shorten it up for you, but you know, it's it's tough. We're man. trying. We're not even going off topic that much. No, no, we're pretty good. Um, so good. Yeah, I think what's really crazy about the film is that obviously that you see quite a lot, it's a bit cast, but it's only two characters that really wear all the incredible outfits. And that kind of made it really iconic, which is crazy because Clueless and all these other movies, you have several, like, you've had a lot going on, you know? Yeah. The Here you have literally Tyler yeah. Durden and, and, and Marla. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you mentioned that earlier, but yet Tyler has got his sort of like this 70s nostalgia sort of vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. The leather jacket, the Hawaiian shirts. Um, it was big in the 90s. It was thinking back thoroughly, yeah. yeah. Because you know, Romeo and Julia, they did the whole Hawaiian shirts as well, yeah. You know? Um, the crop tees with logos and funny prints. He's just like a really bold and flamboyant kind of guy, and That's I feel so like I, I feel like the styling and like his outfits are very, very much like you know, it's like his personality, like, no one. No one could pull that off. You know, he just, he can wear anything. He wearing a fucking woman's robe at some point, you know? Amazing Tom Selling, or Mark Selinger shoot that he did for Rolling Stone during the Fight Club promotion is one of my favorite shoots of all time where he's wearing all that women's wear. Yeah, no, I I remember. Yeah, so so cool. cool. And I think, yeah, I mean, he wears so many incredible outfits. I think like my, my two favorites are like the... You know that black sugar tank top with like porn prints. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, because yeah. I couldn't tell what it was at first, but then I kind of looked at it closely, and it was like with porn. the dinkies. I don't know. It was just it looked like like prints from a porn magazine. Oh yeah, no, the dickies pants. They're like blue pants. They're like oh yeah, the navy trousers. Yeah, navy trousers with that top, and they're quite low, so you really see his oh. abdomen, like his cots. Like, yeah. It's just like, of course, I know. <laughs> Too much. It's like, I know, yeah, no. Um, I do I was have like, that complete outfit when he has the Gucci loafers on and that fur coat. Well, that, yeah, you know, so that's my other one. In the, in the-, the fur coat and then everything else, he's wearing, like, different tones of red or, like, a brown, red, I don't know. 
and he's got those Gucci shoes. I mean, they're not Gucci, but they look like the Gucci shoes now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. It's really funny because, like, Matthew was like, what did you do today? How was your day? And I was like, oh, I did this, I did that. And I was thinking, genuinely, what I did is daydream about Pratt Pitt for most of the day, but because I was making notes, you know, but obviously I didn't want to say that. Because he wants to hear that, you know. <laughs> He'll be just like uh, Jules's boyfriend. <laughs> well, he's hearing fuck? me from the other room, and he literally heard those said something about about Brad Pitt, and he texted me. And he said, "Are you fucking kidding? You guys want to? You think guys want to be like Brad Pitt?" <laughs> oh my god, really? Oh, he's jealous. He you just know, texted that like a while ago. He would he would trade places with Brad Pitt for like a day. There's no way he would. I think so. Yeah. But, but anyway, so, okay, his outfits are there. And then Marla. I mean, she has a completely different thing going on. Like, I'll tell you what, for me, what, what she, what her thing is. I feel that she's basically like a modern Lydia from Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, she is. And then meets like 1950s singer or like actress, like Hollywood actress, you know? Meets like slutty Bellatrix Lestrange from Harry Potter. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. That's what she plays. Like, she just has longer hair. I, yeah, like her outfits are so freaking amazing. She's so quirky, so English, and like cool. Like when she's wearing all black with those cool shades and the hat, and then she's smoking, you know, when she makes an entry. Mm-hmm. And then that pink tool dress that she says, like, it's a bridesmaid's dress yeah. from a vintage shop, whatever. Can I just say, you will appreciate this. Doesn't that dress remind you of? early molly goddard's collection yeah mm-hmm. so i wonder was she inspired by this because i could swear oh, that she I... made a dress very similar to that but in a different color it was green um it's still going because that's like her main of course that's her thing yeah yeah uh and then that cool blue sequin dress that yeah. she wears. like i just like literally everything she fucking wears it's just so amazing and that one where she's sitting on that dirty ass floor when Brad Pitt's making the soap and she's like, if I go to sleep, I'm done for. You're just going to have to keep me up all night. Yeah, that, I think that's a sequin dress, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like sitting on the floor as he's like making that soap with that dirty ass uh, fucking stove. But even when she meets uh, the narrator at the diner, she's wearing this like fur coat, like a black one. Mm-hmm. And she has this cute cardi, like kind of looks a little sort of metallic color. Uh, it's like one button and uh, she just looks so cool also can i just tell you something that i found that you know how she wears platforms yeah she just wears this like really cool looking like 1940s platforms the only reason why they decided to put her in the, the costume designer who's fucking amazing michael kaplan he put her on platforms because she's so petite remember i told you yeah, that she's tiny that she so small yeah but it's because brad and and Ed norton are not they're not like Super not, tall, but they are tall, so yeah. she simply had to wear platforms. It was the only way she was going to look like decent, basically. But, but yeah, like totally. I have to just say that Michael Kaplan, the costume designer, is like honestly, not that I have a favorite costume designer, or like I had up to this point, but he is up there with like probably the second best, like 
or like the top, you know, my top three costume designers, just because he fucking did Blade Runner. I was gonna say, what else has he done? I'm like, good yeah, for him now. Fucking everything. You don't understand. Wow. Like, you haven't watched it. You told me, but I have not. Yeah, the original like that, uh, Arctic Monk. Blade Runner from the '80s is one of my favorite films, and the most iconic thing about that movie is is the the, the fashion. It's just so fucking incredible. Like, oh, it's wow, insane. Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Yeah, and he did um, Seven. He did Diabolic. Have you seen that film? It's good. Game. Uh, Diabolic. What's that? It's um, it was a '96 movie. It's really fucking cool. I oh, think I'm surprised that. that you. Yeah, you should watch it. It's cool. It's uh, what's her name? Shannon Stone or whatever. Oh, okay. Sharon Stone? Sharon Stone. Yeah. Um. And he's done a uh, Star Wars, like the recent yeah, he ones. Did, and Star Trek. Oh, and Star Trek. So like, he's honestly done. I was like, I can't believe he's a fucking brains behind, like, of you know, um, Blade Runner, both of them, the old one and the new version. So you should really watch that movie, honestly. Have you seen the Dune trailer? Um, I don't was I think so. About? I think it must have been Charles. Yeah, oh my god, it looks really fucking intense. Like, I don't... Oh, really? I've never... I'll send it to you. I've never seen um, Blade Runner, but it's like... I don't. I think Blade Runner is supposed to be like twenty forty something, right? Like the the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, the this one Dune is like ten thousand one hundred and something. Like that's how oh. that's how futuristic it is. Okay, no. And I'm it was sure. an original one was done by David Lynch. That's why I didn't know. I think if you'd seen it, and oh, Kyle Coughlin's in it. Right. Is, it is it David Lynch? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know it's if I've seen it. And like, St- isn't like Sting in it? I know uh, Kyle McLaughlin's in it. Oh wait, no, no, I have seen it. I have seen it. Okay, well then this is the new one. I guess it's the same. I don't know if it's it, a continuation or the same. And is David? F- the, um, no, David Lynch isn't doing David it. Lynch. It's that Canadian okay. guy. But Ooh. um, hold on, I'll, I'll look it up now. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Oh, okay. And oh, it's know. also like Zendaya, Timothy Oliphant, not Timothy Oliphant, oh. oh, wow. Oscar Everyone. Isaac, Jason Momoa. Like, it's a big deal. Okay. The trailer. Yeah, no, insane. I yeah, haven't. Really good. Um, but, cool. Oh, yeah. You're still on. But, yeah. So, like, I, I think um, just for that reason. Like, and also, you can find his sketches online. But if you can, look them up. Oh, he's cool. so fucking talented. Like, he's on another level. Like, those costume designers that you just that you don't have anymore because back in the day it was a career like that's what you did you know like this guy is so talented his illustrations of um the characters like Tyler Durden's like character all the co- the, the outfits are so amazing like all the drawings yeah. are really cool yeah so if you can find them somewhere online you should totally check them out nice. Um, what about yours let's see my tyler i have the 70s leather and lounge shirts i love it the graphic tank and dickies i love the camo pants with the floral shirt when he does the soap burning thing when he yeah. like i love that outfit um i love that hustler shirt that you see for a second it's like mesh yeah yeah There's another one too yeah. i love he has that mesh tank top on yeah, I, I like that, that we have different ones yeah like the in the that might be actually in the hotel room when he has that fur coat on. It's like an orange mesh tank top. 
And then yeah, he has, he's like, the all orange. Yeah, yeah and he has, like, the round sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also love the pink sweatshirt that he cut into like baseball sleeves, and it says "Yeah, that's really cool. to me on the front. I love that. And then, and I think he has like blue pants, and it's kind of cropped, so you can see his like obliques there. Um, I like that. I think that was really cool. Um, I I love that pink robe. I had a blue one. For, that was the oh. same one that was it was oh. like a really popular like brand i got it from this department store mine had like the moon on it like different moons on it and it was blue and that one had coffee i remember seeing the pink one with like the coffee cups on it which is kind of funny uh for the narrator i wrote kind of boring clothes i do like the late outfit the trench with the loafers and like those boxers Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like that outfit. And he has like just a regular shirt on, but it's all sweated through and gross. But I feel like this is the I'm now at the age where I find both of them attractive. And before I was like, <laughs> so hot. I'm like, uh, all right, I'll take him too. Like, he's not bad. Um, he clearly can handle himself in a fight. Apparently, apparently he's been doing this the whole time. Uh, oh. but uh no yeah. in the story like he's not like a wimp like they make him seem like yeah i know yeah it really um and then marla i just have i love all those uh early baggy jackets the dark dresses i love that blue glittery dress i also love when she has that dildo on the on the dresser <laughs> and he like shakes it and she's like don't worry it's not a threat to you <laughs> it's over. i think that's, a, that's super funny but she has that outfit on i love it and i love when like they're like dancing in the hallway like when the cops are like running and he like pulls her into like the hallway and they start. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I mean, I feel like I'm just gonna keep being like, oh yeah, that. Kind of that's the only scene where you see him with Brad Pitt. I think like just with, them. with Tyler, right? Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and in the kitchen. Where in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. Like I have to stay up. Um. Yeah. So, uh, what about music? I just have. We talked about it earlier. That's so crazy. The Radiohead was gonna do it. I have that as one of my notes. I know. And yeah, the Dutch Brothers, so cool. It, it is really cool music. I feel like it's so perfect for the movie. I love that there's no lyrics, and the, mm-hmm. the only song with lyrics is the Pixies right at the end. Yeah, and I feel like perfect. It was kind of an p- epic ending. Yeah, I've, I just, I just wonder. Like, I would love to be inside David Fincher's brain, you know? Because no. he, he, anything he does, all his uh, shows, films. I just like another level. Zodiac is another good one. Pardon? Zodiac is another good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's a brilliant film. Yeah. There's he's a lot. So cool. Um, um, what are your favorite scenes? Gosh. Okay. I have quite a few. Oh, God. Okay. I didn't write that many down. Um, the, we talked about it. The fight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the narrator's fight with himself at his boss's office. It's fucking hilarious. Okay. Um. This, you know, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I really like the sequence where they show, like, how bad his insomnia is. Yeah. I I, f- I just genuinely feel like, oh, yeah, that was me. You know, it's just, I, I, I really like that. He did a really good job. Like, he's just flicking through the channel, like, the TV, and you're kind of numb. You're just not, you're like, I'm a fucking machine, you know? It's, mm-hmm. You're not really thinking I like that. Um, I like it when when Marla makes an entrance like I just mm-hmm. love everything about that but it's just because it's more visual than anything and yeah I, I, okay I'll just go through all mine and then I mean there's not many just one two more I read this is not a scene but it's kind of like I guess it's a scene I suppose but it's not really a lie 
I, I just think it's really funny when Chloe, you know, when he's at that group mm-hmm. and then Chloe is, is about to go on stage. Yeah. And she's like, sorry, I know, it's really funny. And he says, like, Chloe, she looks the way Meryl Streep's skeleton will look if you made her smile and walk around the party being extra nice to everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. It's so funny. And also when she like begs the whole group to someone to just have sex with her. And she's like, I'm so close to the end and I just want to get laid for the last time. It's so sad. It shouldn't be funny, but I know. I mean, I, w- I wonder what Meryl Streep thought when she watched the film. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like how a hard on for Meryl Streep in that CNN movies thing. They talk about her for like 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like, oh. she's so great and this and that and this and that. It's kind of funny. She is. She's fucking great. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. She is. Oh, my my last one. Yeah, we mentioned it. When they're driving in the, in, in the oh, highway in the car, and yeah. Kylie just sort of lets go of the steering wheel. I just love the music that's played and like just the scene, you know, so like you said, like slow motion, it's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's it. Those are mine. Ta-da. Cool. Um, let's see. My my first favorite scene is Marla and the narrator's first confrontation. Um mm. where she's just like where he's just like, Why do you do it? And then she's like, I feel like their people are really listening instead of like waiting for their turn to speak. I know. I just like their whole like first interaction and how it goes from like like they go from the place and they go to the laundromat like we were talking and and i love when she stands in the street and the cars are going past her and he's like we should change numbers and she's like why and he's like you know in case we just switch nights and she's like okay and then she like almost gets hit by the cars when she's walking and then it's just really cool yeah i like how they film that i I wonder how they filmed that i don't know it looks like, is it like, an actual car, like, bus driving? It like, looks like it. They did so many special effects for this movie. Like, there's so I much production. Like, I think it looks so seamless that we don't... I feel like we can't even really tell, like, what's post-production. It looks so real. Like, I can't even imagine they spent that much time on post, but I know they did. But it just seems so, like, guerrilla and, like, renegade, but it's actually very thought out. And, like, everything is very, like... You know, it's not like Blair Witch Project. yeah exactly but it feels like smoother than that but it still feels it has that feel to it well also because back then they didn't have the technology that that they have now so yeah but look how good it looks on film though i know yeah yeah i can't even imagine um let's see oh yeah okay the first fight is one of my favorites when they first when they first fight like you hit me no 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 you hit me (laughs) (laughs) it's like a really lame fight yeah i like that music too yeah. Um, I also I I love um the guided meditation when they're like step forward into your cave, step forward through the back door of the room, you're going to find your power animal, and then it's like penguin. penguin. Oh. And then the other one was like Marla, which is like fly. Like I like that part. I think that's really. I cool. love that. It's very, cool. um, very cool. I like the soap burn. And I love just the way he was like vibrating and like shaking his hand. Like it was so intense. And he's like, I'm going to find my place. I'm going to find my place. I'm going to, I'm going to find my power. And he's like, no, stop, stop dealing with the way dead people's do. Like focus on your pain. Your pain is right here. Like, don't try to like get out of it. Be somewhere else. You're missing it. You have to like narrow into it. And he's like thinking about Marla and she's like cost. And he's like, no. And then he's like shaking. He's like, you don't know how this feels. And then he like lifts up his hand and he's like, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. I know, I love that word, pretty nice. It is true, though. Yeah, it's true. It's very It really true. is. Yeah. 
this is why it's a fact like people who have the least are the happiest yeah that's true um uh, well it's funny because the the chemical burn it's in my worst scenes oh yeah just because it's so intense it's like so intense to watch you're like feeling that pain of my, like all my worst ones well my last one is just the realization where he's like we've just lost cabin pressure and then they like oh yeah and then he's like was i awake or was i dreaming everything and when he like tries to walk it back and he's like oh my god and he's like trying to like point like figure everything out but i like when you like just realize and he's like running back and going back to the house and then like you see the licenses in the back door like there's just so many like super cool elements that you're just like what the fuck i like yeah, yeah. You know, there are there's just so much i mean it's one of those films that from beginning to end is just so brilliant yeah. like i can't think of any movie that was like i genuinely can't like and it moves every- along pardon it moves along too it's not slow no, it's not at, at all. No, no, no. Of course not. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, okay, worst scenes. All, I'm, I'm going to say all my worst scenes are just all the ones that are fighting and gross and blood and any kind of bodily waste, like the soap. Like the, mm. fat the soap. Um, and I also, why did he have uh, rubber gloves on when he was open the door? God, that's awful. <laughs> like, why do they need to? I was like, what's I think- going on? Well, exactly. You just wonder what's going on that you need a rubber glove. Like, really, I really like how they, when it's like the door is cracked and you can't really see anything and then you see him like going closer and closer and then he like opens the door all fast and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh. yeah, they had, they had some really intense things. Like, you know, you read that. I'm sure you find, you, you read that somewhere that they changed one of the lines because it was too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, I want to have your abortion. Yeah. It's meant to be. Fuck. But she actually said, which is fucking funny because I have to say, when I hear that line, I didn't realize how bad it was either because you don't say that in the UK. So when she said like, grade school. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. I thought that that could have been like, I don't know, when you're 14 or 15 or something. I don't know. No, it's like younger. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. And so it's funny that Helena Bonacarte didn't know either. So she actually didn't realize she wasn't, she was really shocked once she found out what he meant in the US. <laughs> because she's English, she yeah. didn't know. She didn't know. Which is funny, you know, because I felt the same way. I was like, that's not that bad. What, what do they mean? I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's okay. Fun. Yeah. And I think the studio originally was like, can we go back to the abortion one? <laughs> like, can we go back to that line? Like, I think that's what the, they were like, worse. The grade school line was worse. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It sounds more, it sounds harsh. Mm-hmm. Like, I want your abortion. Yeah. That's really too much. Yeah. But, totally. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were scenes. Mine are all just grossy. Well, the chemical burn, yeah. which is really intense to watch. It looks um, really Angel's cool. face getting beat up. It's just very intense. Um, I mentioned I don't. The ending was just. It's not that I didn't like it. I just felt. Oh, I don't know. It's just it was that, a little anticlimactic. I have to say. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I think the fact that he shot himself that way and somehow was fine. Mm-hmm. Like he, he just felt he needed something else. But I don't. I feel like they could have come up with a better ending. But I don't know. That's true. Yeah, maybe more dramatic. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done. But I mean, I loved it, obviously. It's just that that is the one thing that I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, would change. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's not a big deal. But I, I thought it was sad when 
when Bob gets shot and they I know. I think that's how he's like, no, he's he has a name, His you know. Robert Paulson. I just and everyone's like Robert Paulson. His like, name is Robert Paulson. Yeah, I like that. Um, but it was sad because you know, I like Bob. I know. Um, I would but... do anything for love. <laughs> the meatloaf. Thing um, what are your favorite lines? I think I've said most of mine throughout. Yeah, we, there are so many. There's so oh, many. Yeah, I just have my the only so one I wrote possible. down was uh, where he says, "I felt like destroying something beautiful." Uh, yeah. So I think the title of this is going to be "I Am Jack Smirking Revenge." I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's brilliant. So I like. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I like honestly. There are so many. I love that. That's one of the first ones. Like the things you own end up owning you, mm-hmm. because I think about it all the time. That literally is something that Matthew and I go by. You know, like the more you have, like think yeah. Anyway, it's That's it's just true. a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I love when the narrator says, with insomnia, nothing is real. Everything is far away. Everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, I like that too. Like, I love that. Uh, and I really love this one. Like, uh, I don't know why you just find it funny and cool. Tyler, when Tyler says, you want to make an omelette, you got to break some eggs. Mm, yeah, that's an old, like, American... I never heard that. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I never heard yeah, that. You want to yeah. make an omelette, you got to break a few eggs, yeah. Um... And I, I really like it when the narrator says, if I did have a tumor, I would name it Marla. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking tourist. And they, I know, you're a tourist. And Tyler says... Marla, I need this, now get out! <laughs> I know, it's so good. I love it. I love his acting. He's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Tyler says about Marla, she's a predator posing as a house pet. I know. He's like, I'm Is not in love with her, it's sport fucking. I was like, okay, calm down. And I really like it when Marla says, when she's talking to the narrator at the diner, she's like, I mean, so many things I like about you. You're smart, you're funny, and you're spectacular in bed. But you have severe emotional problems. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Do you have any more? Uh, No, those are the ones I wrote down. I feel like a lot of the ones that I've seen, or a lot of the ones that I think I probably mentioned in the film are... Are just some of mine. I know. I just honestly, I, I, so it's quite long, but there are so many. I really like that. Sticking feathers up your butt does not make you a chicken. <laughs> That's. I also never hear that. It's funny. I haven't heard that one. No. I'm um, so many other like funny things. I love when all those cars get all that bird poop all over them. When they feed uh, all the pigeons, yeah. when they do that like that assignment. I kind of don't care about that. I, it's funny. Kind of, I mean, I think it's it's funny that you see like them um at the, at the blockbusters you know yeah like scanning all the tapes we did have i mean i rented this film i went to blockbuster yeah. right the corner to get a movie and it's just funny you know yeah, but it's gone um, yeah and i really like i mean I kind of didn't talk about this but it is really fucking hilarious that the narrator like how he has everything ikea in his apartment hmm. like it yeah, and he's just like, like so many others, I have become a slave to the IKEA nesting in- instinct. And he's like, I, 
I flip through catalogs and wonder what kind of dining set defines me as a person. <laughs> I, I, I think I figured out that he blew up the condo when he was like, so fuck off with your with your sofas and your string green stripe patterns. I was like, oh, that's what he has in his apartment. I love, yeah. What do you think I blew up your condo? And then he looks at him like, what? I was like, damn, this guy's fucked. <laughs> well, I actually did that. Did know that the first time I watched it because I thought what I thought was going on is that he was doing a lot of things. That obviously he, I mean, he says that right. He, he doesn't remember a lot of things that he's doing because he's um Insom- he has insomnia. So I actually thought he didn't. He just couldn't remember. I didn't know that he had another personality. Yeah. But I I totally thought that's what happened because. Most of the time when that happens to someone's apartment is the actual owner for the insurance yeah, true, or whatever. True, you know? yeah. Do you have any um, moments? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's do one each. You go first. Okay, I, mine I think I also said it was like the physical planning of blowing up the building when now we would just hack. Like you would Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That essentially would take everything out. Exactly. Yeah, you? which is obviously a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, squatting. I think the whole, like, squat, you know, squatting, like... Yeah, like staying in a house? Well, yeah, like taking over a property and just... People still do that, though. It depends do on they? what you're in. Yeah. Some but then you have different ordinances where, like, you kind of, people do that. Okay, let me tell you something. Doesn't it happen Squatting is a huge thing in the UK. Yeah, I saw that on that reality show I was telling you. Yeah, you like, that. I almost leave like I almost did it with my friend like in 2000 in 2007 2006 oh, really? because yeah because you, everyone does I mean not everyone but it's a big thing you can just take a place and then leave there until you're kicked out but I mean we wanted to do it for a year just to save money basically no way yeah yeah it was not like I mean not in a place like that nasty you know it's like slightly nicer what about it, the people who own it no, no, no. They're abandoned. That's the whole point. That's why you get to squat. Oh, the ones I've seen on this reality show was like people who signed leases and they just like never paid. Oh, no, no, no. I'm it's- talking about proper squatting. Like, so you find a property that's empty, that's that been abandoned, power? that it's maybe for, I don't know, like for whatever reason it's not occupied oh. and you just break in and then leave there. But what about power and stuff and water? You can you can figure stuff out. Oh, yeah, you can okay. do stuff like that. But I I actually know a lot of people in East London who definitely done it. Yeah, and on that show, I was talking about a lot. All the kids they were interviewing were like, a lot of people do that. But but it's not like what you picture: filthy, weird, like this, like you know, really run down with like rats or anything. It's not like that. You can find really beautiful places. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot in the UK, like a lot. Oh wow! And you, what happened is not even like you do get notified. It's not like you'll get there and then someone took all your shit. It's not like that. It's like you actually get notified that you need to leave. But what about other then... squatters? Well, they don't know it's being... How do they know it's being... No, no, no. This is why you, you create... You, you find a group of people oh, yeah, or like yeah. you're moving with people who already find a property and uh, like you know everyone. And it's very organized. Don't worry. It's oh, kind wow. of like they will find they will get a lock in the door and stuff like that. It's oh wow! Like, oh okay. But that is like a thing in the UK. In fact, there are programs that they they try to take advantage of the fact that a lot of people were doing this, and obviously it's a it's a crime, I guess. But they now 
when they have properties that are empty for years, they actually, there's a program where you can actually apply to live in this property. But you know from the moment you move in that it might, you could be asked to live in like four months or like, oh, okay. Or you could maybe be there for a year. And it's like, they have them all over London because they have so many like empty houses and buildings and stuff. So it's a way of making money as well, but not paying like full rent. Oh, as if you were, yeah. So that's you can sign up and stuff, but but yeah, I almost did that in two thousand and six. Oh wow! Um, yeah. What? Oh, so you said you said squatting, right? It's squatting because I feel like it's quite like I'm sure it existed before, but it definitely was very like big in the nineties. I think because it was yeah, totally yeah. Uh, what about you? Another one I have. I just have one more, and it's just all of the the just the technology, like the phones. Like he's making those calls from the hotel phone and you know how he's like checking out and he's like, I need you to like approve these list of calls. And he's like, I didn't make this. When were these made? And they were made in like two in the morning. Like just the fact that there's like a phone call list. Like now yeah. phone, everyone has oh my gosh, I know. Like calls you have to like, you know. And remember, we used to be given like yellow pages mm-hmm. and I used to be able to find people's numbers that way. Yeah. Like so cool the kids so just don't know <laughs> they don't know it was fun it was so hard it was so fun that's all i have what else do you have well i have um smoking everywhere oh yeah you're right because marla's fucking smoking everywhere she's fucking like smoking at the meetings at the diner you know like that's true yeah that's it oh you have mm-hmm. oh cool all right well, wow, we've reached the end of our show here. We're almost two hours, man. Oh, shit. I, I thought we were going to do better than that. <laughs> I, oh, no. I know. It's fine. I hope you enjoy uh, this long episode. Uh, yeah, if anyone has any suggestions on how to make it shorter, or maybe you like these long ones. I listen to some podcasts that are three hours. I just take breaks and listen to them. So and listen to them like whenever I can. So eventually I get through it. But this is on Fight Club. If you like the movie, you won't mind listening to it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they so much. We didn't even yeah. get to that much. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of shit that I didn't even get to. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, it is like a crazy film. So much to talk about. Impact. I loved it. Um, and I don't know what we're gonna do next. I think we should do a music documentary. I'm trying to get Jules in on. We can. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do hype. Uh, also like and subscribe like and subscribe even though i have it in the fucking notes but just tell all your friends who have apple just to give us a five star you know actually tell them to listen to it but we need reviews so yeah but um yeah it was super awesome and uh it's been great it's been real and we'll see yeah it's been really cool i'm so glad we've done this film yeah i know it was on the list for quite a while we even we didn't even talk about Brad Pitt that much. We didn't. I mean, we can have a whole episode talking about Brad Pitt. We'll do more movies totally. in a minute, too, so it'll be cool. Maybe yeah. we'll have him as a special guest, and he'll pop around the corner and surprise <laughs> die, and we can tape it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be funny. Um, yeah, so it'll be pretty cool. Oh, I just saw the news that Jim Carrey is going to be playing Joe Biden in the new SNL <gasps> coming up. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, and Alec still is still doing uh Are you are you a fan? Of Jim Carrey? Yeah. I'm a fan of Jim Carrey's dramatic roles. Not as big a fan of, like, Ace Ventura and stuff like that. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. like, Eternal Sunshine, love. Love that film. Um 
trying to think of some other things I've seen. Yeah, what about the uh, the other one that I love? Um, where he's living in this like fake Truman world. Show. Truman Show. Yeah. Truman Show. I love that though. I've seen what? parts of it, but I haven't seen it completely. I really yeah. I have to. Cool. Well, I'll add it on the list. I think it's in the nineties, isn't it? Isn't it like late nineties? I think so. Or something like that. I'll check yeah. it out. Cool. Well, cool. it's been super fun, and we'll see you on the next one. Yes, yeah, see you. Bye. Bye.